Hey everybody, welcome to episode 2 of the Slow Drag Has a Podcast 2. I've got my good buddy Mike Van Soest on the program today, and we are talking shit. We're talking shit on mainstream music, we're talking shit on bands that the kids are listening to, Um, and don't worry, we're also going to say some nice things about people and one another, so it's not a total fest of negativity, Um, but you get to see see my angry, angry old man grandpa side a lot in this episode, and Get to know my buddy Mike. It's a real good time. As always, I want to give a shout out to my Patreon patrons. Thank you so much for making this show and everything I do possible. The music, the vids, the broadcasts, the podcast, the art, the good times. Really do appreciate all you Patreon patrons. You can become a patron by heading to theslowdrag.com and clicking that Become a Patron button. Do it now! It'll change everyone's lives. Here we go, guys. Mike Van Soest on the podcast. Those are the fans where I'm like, God, where are you at? Like, are there a lot of you or not? I think there might be. It all depends on your reach, you know, yeah. and the, uh, the, the, the consumability of your art in terms of how mainstream it can get. You know, there's an audience for everybody and, and everybody who's got an audience is going to have a number one fan or super hardcore fans and you know i don't know if it's so much so much nuts as it as it is that sort of like we're in this together mentality that drives those kinds of actions big time and honestly they're super valuable you know like getting getting anybody like granted you know finn whitrock he's got (laughs) he's he's got a lot of a lot of help already just in terms of like getting his name out there and having people like be a fan of him and who he is and by extension his work Totally. But like, you know, the the first time you get one of those people in your life, it's it's really something, you know. It's like a lots of artists they they you know, they're playing to their friends and family forever and ever and you know, they can't find somebody who really resonates uh or or who finds what they're doing really resonates with them. Yeah. To the point of wanting to be like on team rock band or yeah. <laughs> team pop star or whatever it is, you, you know. know. You know, I wonder is has has finding that person on like a social media very like fast gratification place because you know before it would be like somebody met you at a venue or somebody met you at a show Mm -hmm. or somebody wherever you grew up was like dude you're awesome and they tell you know maybe they told people about you they're a real fan in real life Mm -hmm. i feel like that is less like big-headed sometimes than the instant gratification of like oh if i now post something to instagram and these five kids are like it's just so fast and then it's gone you know but the difference was i feel like i feel like those kids would be at every show they would be pushing things that in real life they're almost like friends you know that have found that found you from the start totally and now Mm -hmm. it's interesting to see i wonder what it would be like to be 17 and writing songs again and being on Instagram or Facebook or something. And, Mm -hmm. you know, some really nice kid goes, Hey man, I love your stuff. Um, you're like, you know, you sound like this to me and you're like my hero. And, you know, I wonder if that is different than someone coming up to you after you've invested so much time waiting to talk to people and they're waiting to talk to you in person. Mm -hmm. They can kind of follow you locally be that voice for you in a real sense. I wonder how much that's actually changed 
the game. Like I feel like it just a lot provides of... more opportunity in my experience. Yeah. you know, yeah, totally. it's like I do have people who are supporting the slow drag. Uh, who I've met in person, but also since focusing a lot on the internet over the last couple of years, I've I've garnered very supportive and involved fans who only know me from the internet, who I have never met in person. Totally. Uh, and I endeavor to meet every one of those yeah. because some of those tried and true practices in terms of building a community are never going to go away. Yeah. You know, like what you're talking about, face-to-face interaction and talking with people. and It takes a lot more from the artist's I think it's it just takes a lot more effort to dig into that and respond and be available to be like thank you mm-hmm. and actually reach back out. Um, yeah, I just wonder if that's kind of shifted from like friends that believe in you or peers that believe in you and like kept up with you from the start to fans. Well, you, every you artist know? needs to make that shift yeah, eventually. Totally. You know, you can't keep you can't keep leaning on the people who support your life to support your art because they're unlikely to be actual fans yeah and that's you know the internet itself and and like posting something on instagram is uh just another it's just another like ad in a weekly magazine or you know play on a college station or local station or even a big station you know it's like there are plenty of bands out there that have major deals that are putting out songs on the radio that we've never heard of that maybe we'll hear of them once or twice but yeah you know every now and then i will go on to Instagram and just like search hashtags that I like or, you know, for either bands that I like or for the kinds of things that I'm interested in seeing or doing. Like I follow a lot of house concert hashtags. When I'm feeling really lonely and bored, I do that (laughs) stuff, yeah. I like to do it for market research and put it into my (laughs) calendar and just give it a finite time. I do other things when I'm sad. (laughs) It's not my sad time. (laughs) I don't like to be reminded of how great everybody else's life is when I'm feeling sad. No, no, I definitely do that. Like, mm -hmm. like, or it's more so I saw somebody, this actually happens to me more than anything. I following somebody, I really like their posts or I really like them or I don't know. It's like freaking whatever. I'm just following somebody and then they, they hashtag something and I'm like, oh shit, I wonder how mm-hmm. many more things are like mm-hmm. linked to this. And that's how I stumble upon it. Sure. Is like they, mm-hmm. somebody else's hashtag that I think is not like a weirdo or noob or like has a 10,000 hashtags. I'm mm-hmm. like, huh, what else would be under that right now? And that's kind of how I find it. Well, what's, and, and once you find that you have the opportunity to make the connection, like you're describing the, the live show connection, quote unquote, which is obviously not the same as face-to-face, but I think a lot of people, and especially uh, younger or growing artists, I mean, big artists, they're they're not handling a lot of their social media, but you have the opportunity to reach out to that person and say like, hey, I like what you're doing. I've seen what you're doing. Here's what I like about it. And if that's it for a long time, then that's it. You know, I, I, I definitely try to genuinely do that those times when I'm searching things out because I do think that you can make great connections with people on the internet that are long lasting and have a mutual benefit. Yeah. It's, and I am very much so I want, I want to be a cyborg. Like I cannot wait. I cannot wait till like robots are like awesome. I mean, either, either, (laughs) either like AI. They've always been awesome, man. No. Yeah, they are. I mean, (laughs) like, uh, like, you know, Robocop or something. Um, no, but I I am totally for like I love technology. Like I do love it. I don't there are days where I fight it more so than others. I'm not hmm. 
like a famous person or even like a lo- like a semi busy person. So I still love having my phone on me. It's not a hindrance to me. I can still go on and not have like ten thousand texts that come up that are like, "Oh, hey, have you sent this?" Or "Hey, we were wondering about this. Can you have you called that person?" But I imagine at some point that would be terrible. But I love technology, and I I think uh, I don't know. I think it's an interesting world to embrace mm-hmm. on like a just having conversations level. Like mm-hmm. you said, like I've reached out to people, especially like now some audio guys uh, that I just stumbled upon videos they did and they're not convoluted messes where they're trying to get a ton of views based off of like, you know, like some people post like uh, home studio for under $350 and then it's like clickbait for all these like new people that are like, huh, I want to do that. I need that. Mm-hmm. And really, it's just like some guy kind of telling you, you could do this because he has somehow like mixed or produced some songs and you haven't yet. So you listen to him. Um, Which is something to be said for. You can always learn from somebody who's done at least one thing oh, you've never and done. Totally. And but you they can may not set be the something whole up. Package. And you can set something for under thirty fifty bucks. But I've you know, I've reached out to some people now that I'm like, dude, every time you open up a video, you just start answering questions that I have that I, you know, are kind of like subtle. You can't find answers to them very easily. And there's a couple guys that just answer them by speaking and explaining what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so I've definitely like messaged them and like reached out. And it feels good to be able to do that because you're like Oh, well, you have half a million views, but I can message you on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I got to you. Mm-hmm. You you probably won't see it, and that's fine, but I know. It's just a, it's crazy if you embrace it, the level of communication. Maybe not the level, but the way it changes accessibility to one another is cool. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. I've only done that re- like recently where I've been like, I should let this person know I like their page. Sure. Yeah. Or I should let this person. Yeah. And it's some, that's something that I don't do as often as I'd like to. But whenever I think to, I do it. And especially for uh, more prominent creators, you know, like, for example, like just tweeting something like at Trevor Noah and saying, hey, I like The Daily Show. You're you, you're doing yeah. a good job hosting it. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Just that kind you're of a funny. thing. You're funny. Which is, you know... Uh, something that you can and should do frequently and usually yields good results, especially when it's genuine. Because yeah. I do, especially the more hashtags I use on Instagram, I get just a bunch of bullshit comments. And uh, and I get joy out of calling people out for them. Yeah. When, <laughs> when they're just total... I mean, if it's just like a couple of rock hands or something, I'll just ignore that shit. But yeah. Somebody's trying to just That's be out the for thing themselves. Is it is just like an shitty. open fucking brawl on like you can have anything can happen on a comp like on a Mm -hmm. comment section on anything Mm -hmm. you know i like youtube comments more than i like most youtube videos Mm -hmm. because they're fucking hilarious Mm -hmm. like the shit that you can imagine someone waiting and like figuring out how to write and a comment to be hilarious just to be hilarious it's funny like Mm -hmm. you know some of the stuff you could call out on this video they call out immediately and it's hilarious because you're expecting it and you oh, know, man, I bet especially if you're you're talking about like audio, audio and mixing and engineering videos. Uh, I mean, in general, or no, just, those are you, not what very kind funny. of videos are you talking about. No, those are not very funny because that is just a whole bunch of people trying to reassure. Like especially when you're commenting on shit like that, 
it's mainly just a whole bunch of people trying to reassure themselves they're doing something right mm -hmm. in their work. And, you know, everyone's just having, like, yelling matches or, like, you know, they're just swinging dicks, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and it's annoying. But I'm talking, like, on normal videos, like, like you know, Justin Bieber posts, like, a really dramatic, like, slow-mo, like, intro to a video or something. And then someone immediately posts some hilarious comment about, like, I don't know, just some, like, I can't, I can't think of anything witty to, like, say right now that mm -hmm. I think would be, like, appropriate. I can't even, like, risk it. But I feel like... <laughs> risk it, man. Go for it. No, no, I'm just not feeling very funny. <laughs> YOLO. I'm just not feeling very funny at all. It's early. It's early to be funny. It's early, dude. I mean, I can't believe we're doing this at 4 a.m. <laughs> hey, you got to fit it in when you can fit it in. You know, hustle, hustle hard. <laughs> but I love those comments. Like, I love going on rabbit holes and be like, dude, there's definitely going to be some fucking hilarious comments on this thing. Let me scroll down. And then I can get lost in them for a good, like, minute and a half. Mm -hmm. um, but my point of that was, it's crazy, dude, the stuff that can happen on, like, something you post, like, mm -hmm. people getting into arguments. I have not been mm -hmm. one to post things like mm -hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because I love confrontation. Like, I'm ready to fight somebody on something at any moment. I don't know why. I just like it. But I know I would end up being so angry or frustrated after. And my, you can't get your point across if you have a real one, mainly. Hmm. So I'm not one of the guys that posts things that people typically have, you know, like, internet troll fights on. Mm -hmm. But I do love watching them go down. Sure. They're freaking hilarious. Yeah. And I typically side with one person and think the other guy's an idiot, but that's part of the game. Well, I, I just, think you have to think the other guy's an idiot if you're going to get into a troll fight with somebody. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> dude, two trolls just chilling. Yeah. Fighting over Yeah, fighting something. over whatever dumb shit. Yeah. Internet's cool, man. <laughs> it sure is. Internet is cool. And when you're not being a troll and you're not being a jerk, it really is a, an opportunity to connect with people and at the end of the day like that is that is what life is all about whether or not you're creating something whether or not you're putting something out there you know with uh, with all the differences and opinions and all the places people are coming from and all the opportunities to miscommunicate with people like finding people who you can agree with and talk with and uh exchange ideas with and grow with is is super important and cutting through the fat to get there is even more important you know i Big think time. i think you know just to talk about uh comments and 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 trolls and internet fights in general i think you know a lot of people want to convince everyone that they're right and that's that's just a down a downhill spiral because that's that's just never going to happen. They're always going to be well, people kinda who disagree like with you. Everybody right now wants to yell at each other. Well, I mean, it right. might seem that way, yeah. you know, but uh, but there are people out there who agree with you and who will who will you know stand with you and walk with you. Yeah, that's true. That's and those very are the true. people to focus on big time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're wasting your effort and mm -hmm. energy and emotion, and probably just clouding up your mental clarity by by yeah. fighting back. Really. I mean, if someone generally agrees with me or that I know I can relate to them on some kind of human level and they're they're compassionate and open-minded and stuff like that, it's I'm more likely to have a better conversation with them, but you know, something like internet arguing especially, you just come at it from the perspective that the other person is an idiot. 
Yeah. And that's that's not you know, as opposed to like your buddy, you know, it's like, oh, you might want this perspective as well to to help round out your perspective, as opposed to you fucking idiot. Here's what you don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and nobody's gonna get anywhere. Yeah, that's that my thing. It's like I'm pretty like yeah. I never come at it like, hey man, I know you're frustrated, but think about this. I'm more like you're an idiot, dude. Like, mm-hmm. why would you say that? You're wrong. You have no brain. Mm-hmm. So that's why I just don't even, I don't, yeah. I don't fuck with that. Yeah. I just like. But it's fun to think it. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. In person, I might do that. You know, mm. I think, I, yeah, maybe hopefully less and less as I get older, but maybe more and more as I get older too. Mm. Who knows? You, you, you choose, you choose your battles, you find the hills upon which to plant your flags. <laughs> <sighs> plant the flags. Yeah. But you can't, uh, yeah. I don't know. The older I get, the. The more exhausted I am by the thought of trying to care about everything, so you just really got, <laughs> really got to choose. It's a sad thing, though. <laughs> what to care about? <laughs> it's sad because it's right. It's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really the healthiest way individually that you can kind of mature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is you're like, God, these are the things I can change, mm-hmm. and there are a set few people that have the ability to change the things I wish could change, but I'm not one of them exactly right now. And this is, you know, well, depending on what you want to change. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. That's a rabbit hole. I'm not you going You can do there. anything, bro. You can do I'm anything. Looking at this, this uh, drape. Yeah, tapestry behind in. you. Yeah, this, mm-hmm. yes, tapestry. That's a better. Mm-hmm. Grateful Dead fan? Yeah. I'm not. But uh, no, I'm is. not really either. <laughs> I'm just like getting lost in it as we're still talking. Mm-hmm. It's like there's so many. Yeah, I'm, I'm falling into that drape. It's like. There's, <laughs> So there's like this hole Defies with all physics. this like fractal things and layers coming out of it. And I feel like I'm just spinning into it. There's bears on it. There's, is that mm-hmm. a blue turtle? Those are the grateful dead symbols. Those things. Oh yeah. See, especially. obviously not a fan. Yeah. No, no hate you though. You fucking idiot. No hate Why though. Why don't you educate yourself? No hate though. Like <laughs> you can't have hate for the great. Oh, see, I don't have it. I don't like them. I'm not into it. All right. That's yeah. fun. Everybody's got songs. To be honest with you, good, the only reason I would not like them is because some of the people I've met that are obsessed with them are like some of the like weirdest assholes i've well, ever met you know separate the art from the artist separate the fans from the artist uh, you're right and the art and you know what i'm only <laughs> listening to the grateful dead the month of november <laughs> fuck it teach yeah. me no you don't have to do that there's lots of music out there to listen to you don't have to force yourself to like something that you don't want to listen to you're right you don't have to do anything that you don't want to you're do. right dude i don't yeah mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not doing it don't, yeah don't don't just because a lot of people are doing it man <laughs> doesn't mean you have to too yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could do it, though. Sure. I could. Yeah. You could also become a Post Malone fan. I love Post Malone. Oh, Mikey. Oh, this is a great conversation. <laughs> I love Post Malone. I love Post Malone, dude. Uh, and he's looking fresh with that haircut. Mm. He's looking slightly less like he came out of like a, like a Manhattan dumpster. I'm going to read you the uh, opening line to this uh, article that I was reading right before you came over. Yeah, but then you should go read the Greta Van Fleet article on Pitchfork. Oh, this is right in line with in that line shit. With that. Oh, yeah. Goddamn, dude. Um, Those guys I'm were savage. It. I'm loving Those guys it were fucking you know savage what? on that thing. I'm not a... I'm not a uh, I, I mean, I was never really a Led Zeppelin fan either, but, uh, you know... Uh, let's right, see. Well, the you, most you popular young artist in the most unpopular young nation is a rhinestone cowboy who looks like he crawled out of a primordial swamp of nacho cheese. Post Malone is a Halloween rental, a removable platinum grill, a cubic zirconium proposal on the jumbo screen of a last place team. His music, 
one of the shallowest bastardizations of rap to date, as the creative tension of associates at a downtown law firm complaining that 150 grand a year just doesn't cut it. Who the it, fuck wrote this? What's their name? It looks like he got clubbed over the head by a cartoon peacock. This is, uh, who wrote this? Let me see. It's the Washington Post, Jeff Weiss. Fuck you, Jeff Weiss. Yep. Mm-hmm. You could say that about anybody. I bet he's old, though. I mean, hip-hop, okay, first off, it's not really hip-hop. It's pop as shit. It's as pop as it gets. Mumble it is as, rap. It's not even mumble rap, dude. He I can sing. I don't disagree, though, with, like, you know, he was, he, was, he, was, he was sharing some choice lyrics later on in the article, and I'm like, yeah, this is pretty much garbage, which isn't to say that I haven't also written my fair share of garbage. Well, dude, I mean, okay, there's melody. Mm-hmm. There's rhythm, there's fucking, there's so much that goes into music, and lyrics are super important. Sometimes they just sound cool, and they're right, and they're not like lies. It's pop music, dude. It just feels right to sing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but Rockstar mm-hmm. is a fucking good song. Okay. It's a good song. I don't care. I'm a pop I don't guy. know. I don't listen to a lot of Post Malone. No, that's fine. I yeah. like pop, and I, lo- <laughs> I love, I love pop. I like fucking band, I like boy bands. I don't give a shit. Sure. I like it, but I like all, I like the entire marketing and business side of that as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I like, I like that I think Post Malone is probably smart as shit and nobody knows it. Like, I like that, and I like that his team is probably smart as shit and nobody knows it, and they're taking all the hate and they're just laughing to mm-hmm. the bank. They're still turning out, like, top 40 quality. I mean, the thing about Post Malone is if he has a guitar with you, he'll sing and it'll be great, like, in a room. Not every artist on top 40 can do that shit. Like, you give Selena Gomez a guitar and in this basement right now, you'd be like, sing me a song. She'd be like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, no offense, Selena. You're awesome. You're sweet. You're beautiful. Your songs sound great. <laughs> I love Wizards of Waverly Place. I'm into it. But it's a different thing. I don't know. Post Malone, that's okay. You got my approval. Hold on, Who else do you want to hate on? Oh, you know what? No. I'm gonna... Who else you want to hate on? Oh, I, I'll, I'll hate on anything Generation Z is listening to, pretty much. I get that. I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> shit right now. Um, hold on. Oh, never mind. I can't find it. Now the moment's over. He was the, I don't, Jeff I def- Weiss also said something about Post Malone's guitar playing in his article. Oh, I mean, that's fine. Basically, like, the, the, something like, you know, he's trying to pretend like he's a real artist because he can competently strum a guitar. Well, that's the thing is, like... Artists these days, the level of musicality and stardom Mm -hmm. and like legend, like nobody's going to have a Michael Jackson work ethic. Nobody is. That's not true. That is 100% not true. And the real deal is like sensationalism and fame and the package sells. Great music does not sell like it used to because the people that are able to push music the furthest to the most ears. They're not interested in experimenting with things. They're not interested in trying something new. They're not interested in taking something that they don't understand and putting it out into the world. Yeah, but also like, also, okay, so there are people that like Bruno Mars Mm -hmm. probably works ass off. He's and not just because he's exceptionally like talented as a genetic like DNA wise like his vocal is fucking amazing. He's been musical since he's you know he's like he is just a next level talent. You know not every artist of that caliber is. Mm-hmm. Um, they might work hard. They might be really smart. They might have a great pedigree. Like their parents might have been in the industry. Whatever the 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 thing is. 
most people are not going to work as hard as as those guys in my opinion on a on the music on like the craft of it mm-hmm. I, I i mean there's nobody right now to me uh that i think you could say has hustled on top 40 and my point here is my point here is is those guys were developing the industry and they were coming from a place where unless you wowed everybody live every single time with you, your voice, your dancing, no big labels, no big anything, you know, like those guys were building the industry. Now there is a place you have to fit in in the industry just to get into it, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the difference is like the work ethic is just in different places. Versus some of these guys where the work ethic was in the art, like a fucking like a Prince or like a, you know, like Prince, Michael Jackson, um, any, any freaking like solid, amazing seventies bands, eighties bands. Um, I'm trying to think of someone even more recent that I feel like could be, I mean, dude, honestly, a guy like Jay-Z, like those guys, like super create like hard working their ass off. I don't think, I don't think you have to work that hard on the craft anymore to get to that place. And I'm not saying that... You don't have to work on shit to get famous No, totally. You don't. You don't. I'm just saying... You just have to be famous for something. Yeah, I'm just saying a guy like Post Malone is just doing doing what he had to do to get into the... and that's a big. I'm obviously assuming a lot, right? And but and you just can to, well to hear what you're saying. Like this guy did what he had to do to fit into this mold in the industry. Just like bristles me, man. But I don't necessarily think that he went through every step. Going, I'm going to be. I think he likes that. Mm-hmm. I really think he loves. He loves fucking rock. He loves like. I think he likes probably old or like Americana shit, from what I can tell. And I think he loves hip hop. And I think he loves the shit that he does. I think he lives for it. And I think that's awesome. I also think that the industry is 100% a savage monster and has been built and is now being redefined, you know? And a lot of the guys that were working their ass off to be exceptional talents were building the industry with talent. Yeah, but that, that, I mean, that was so long ago and the internet just changed everything. Whatever they yeah. built. Well, is every irrelevant. 10 years, though, it seems like it just like re. It seems like the machine is stronger, weaker and weaker in ways, but also like tapping into it. It's, it's just a harder wall to climb. And I think a lot of people compromise. It's a harder wall to climb with talent, I'd say. Yes. And that's my, that's my whole point, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to climb it now with, with different tools. Um, and that is an issue and it sucks, but I don't hate on someone like Post Malone for not being, you know, like Pusha T or something like, or like, uh, you know, some rapper I like, like Nas, you know, I, like he doesn't have to be that in order for me to be like, that's cool. That's dope. I don't hate on that. I hate on some stuff, but not, not really on that. (laughs) I mean, yeah, if people can build a brand and have a different sound, and I'm like, oh shit, that sounds like Post Malone. I'm cool with that. That's enough for me. It's mainly the stuff that comes on that I'm like, oh, this sounds like another fucking Chainsmoker song, but it's not Chainsmokers, which if it was, I'd probably hate it even more. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of stuff that people just trying to catch the bus. That's the stuff that I can't deal with. Like, Especially on these like Spotify, sometimes you know if it shuffles to top viral something something. I hate all of it. Mm-hmm. You know? It's terrible. It's like, yeah. it's like people are just following the bus. And I think the art, like there's a lot of artistry that's being lost. Yeah. There's a lot, but that's part of, mm-hmm. well, people don't need to know how to 
play anymore. Exactly. You don't have to. You know, I, you don't even have like, to know how to sing, really. I I'm mean, not even near proficient on my instruments. Like, uh, you know, I got rhythm and I know I some, some chords and some runs and stuff like that and like, yeah. put some shit together. But like, you know, I go to Sunday Night Soul or something like that over at Five Spot, which if you've never been, have you been to that? Uh, I don't know if I've been to that one. It's really I've cool. I've been to a lot of things over there, though. But, yeah, every, I think, second and fourth Sunday at the Five Spot in Nashville, they do Sunday Night Soul. And that's, like, those are some of the greatest musicians I've seen in town that aren't, you know, playing at, like, Robert's Western World or something totally. like that. You know, totally different genre and style. But, like, these are the kinds of people that, like... You know, they know a handful of standards, uh, like R&B and soul songs that they play, but they're like, you know, they're they're playing uh, variations on a theme, and then they shout out a different key, and everybody in the band just jumps to that key, and they're like playing yeah. all these really, really amazing things, and doing so in in a way that just flows straight from their mind or their heart into their hands or their voices or whatever they're trying to do. And, you know, there aren't, there aren't very many, uh, like huge artists that can still do something like that. The way that, the way that that's what music used to be. But what's interesting is like, you know, if you see something like that, even if, even if someone's not up on stage being a virtuoso and playing note after note after note, even if they're doing something really simple, if they're doing it really, really well, um, because they've focused on that craft and those techniques and, and making sure that like they can give you something really good when they're live on stage like yeah. that's that's captivating even if it's even if it's not like you know crazy technical and a lot of skill in front of you or like you know technical skill yeah I, mean. I will say and this is going to make me just like whatever in in college i was obsessed with john mayer like i love john mayer mm -hmm. and he is great and he's, he's great and you know around that, that time it was like 2000 like whatever 2010 2009 it was like right after continuum and he like single-handedly brought the blues back for musicians like everybody all, all of a sudden wanted a strat wanted to you know yeah wanted the wanted to play the the dope big you know semi-blues pop riffs and i went you know when well, you went to a john Mayer concert in that time I thought it was pretty amazing, captivating experience. Him, Steve Jordan, Pino Palladino, like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. And that is very different than, you know, I've been to, like, now, like, if you go to, like, a, I don't know, like a Taylor Swift, Coldplay, Ed Sheeran concert. It's fun. It's like, this is a great production. You guys are good, you know. The songs are they're cool, but it's a different thing mm -hmm. for sure. And I do wish that there was a marriage there somewhere. I just don't know that it's going to come back. Mm -hmm. It might. I, <laughs> I was really hyped on Greta Van Fleet for a minute, mm -hmm. and then I read that article, and I kind of hate that it like made me kind of steer my thought. It didn't change my thought. It was just like, well, there's some truth to this, and but they're still awesome. Mm -hmm. But I, but yeah, I, I am, yeah, I'm excited for care about something like that. Totally, like, I already don't like Led Zeppelin to begin with, so yes. I'm definitely gonna hate this watered down like yeah. version of Led Zeppelin that is just like so so derivative. It's laughable. It is, it is. But dude, I mean, that's how a lot of music is. It just repeats itself. It's sure. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I was excited that they were on like the top four things on iTunes for like three months. Mm -hmm. Just the thought of getting out of this trap 
stuff, which I love. I love. I fucking hate trap. I'm so sick of it. I know. Sick I know. of trap. I get I'm it. Sick Most of people are. rap. Those fucking hi hats. And like that combined with like that chain smokers esque production that you're talking about, just like oh, that's the uh, worst, dude. Like that stuff uh, that like <laughs> that's terrible. I think honestly, I was just smoking so I much weed at it. that time that mm-hmm. like seriously, hip hop and trap big beats mm-hmm. were just like fuck yeah, comfort zone, mm-hmm. you know, like night mm-hmm. driving. Which like I, the first time I discovered like a. Uh, like a really like a Drake uh, too much. There's a song called Too Much on a Drake album, like three or four albums back, and it was like my night riding song forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so you know, it's just dope. Yeah, um, but, but like, I do how does get that, it. How does that feel live? You know, terrible I feel dude. Like a lot of these songs. Those, that I'm I mean, I'm all the damn kids are listening to these days. Like, there's won't not too be many hip hop artists or trap artists I would go see live. Like, mm-hmm. I would sign. I would sell my arm to be like front row at a Jay-Z concert mm-hmm. just because I know what he does. Mm-hmm. I know it's amazing. Or, you know, Kendrick is kind of the new guy that mm-hmm. is like 100% the real deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he translates well even over video, which is really difficult. He does. I, and I also think he's trying to not be a pop star. Mm-hmm. I think he realizes that, you know, he's kind of is becoming that in a way. Like mm-hmm. everybody, you know, like... Mm-hmm. 17 year old white girls are like yeah. Kendrick's the best rapper alive you know sure. and that's cool mm-hmm. like and he is one of them and yeah. he's amazing um, I think he also realizes that he's a real artist I hope so I, I think I hope so I hope he pulls back mm-hmm. and keeps going you know like all these like Sia or whatever Essa what, how do you say that name the, Sia mm-hmm. well no S-I-A but there's another one he did with like S-Z-A I don't even know who the artist is but Sizzle? I've seen it yeah, it's like mm-hmm. I mean, it's featuring, like RZA, but SZA. Dude, I don't even can't say these mm-hmm. damn names. Like, you but there's know, some, you don't know RZA. Well, stuff like that, I get it. It's like cool. You brought, you guys probably had a right, and you probably even forgot sure. that song would come out, and mm-hmm. your producer's like, "Well, this would be a good feat." I I know that process, so I get it. But I hope that he stamps that shit down and remains. If he can, like the the, <sighs> the bigger you get, the harder it is to have well, that kind of control. And herein lies the issue. People don't understand. Until you're super big, anyway. Well, yeah, people don't understand the pressure on some of these lead label guys. Like, labels don't really make music anymore. Or money. Like, money anymore. So, if there's a guy on the label that brings in 95% of it, they're supporting the label. They're supporting every artist on that label that's not famous. Mm -hmm. They have a lot on them. So, I get it, you know. People used to hate on Coldplay so much, and I, you know, now I'm so sick of them and like very pretty disappointed. Oh, honestly, wow, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, I am. I have been for like two years. Wow. Um, wow, you used to be like the biggest Coldplay fan, which I've is so known. embarrassing at this point in my life. It's okay. It's okay. Own it, man. Uh, We've all been there. Yeah, I'll own it. That's like a ver- <laughs> whatever. I'm not even that person anymore. Fuck that. <laughs> no, I mean, whatever. Chris Martin's amazing. I love them. But like, people don't understand why bands that start out pretty solid become stale as shit. Um, and I just hope that some of the leading guys today can mm-hmm. change that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are reasons and pressures that make bands become less artistic. For sure. Like, John Mayer has a quote where it's like, I think it's his quote. He's like, you know, you have your whole life to make your first record and you have like four months to make your second one. Absolutely. And, you know, and when when a whole, when the industry shifts underneath you and you're one of the biggest bands or acts in the world and the labels who have been funding you and, you know, managing you and making sure you get to everybody heard everywhere, mm-hmm. 
cutting all the hard shit out, you know, so the band can mm-hmm. make the music. Right. The only thing is they're missing out realizing they're not letting the band make the music because the demands are so heavy. You know, it's like, get in the studio, turn out bangers. Mm-hmm. And the industry and the music is always shifting. Yeah. And that's and why... Honestly, you shouldn't take artists to do something like that. And, you know, it's totally. like, quote-unquote, vocal artist, somebody who, like, doesn't really have a lot of musicality in their blood and in their brain like but they can fucking sing the shit out of a song yeah like sure keep giving them the songs but like someone like you know chris martin and his band like they're capable of making something and it may be that they only have one or two records in them that can appeal to a mass audience but they can still make great great shit you you saw it happen so fast and we're Mm. on the subject now but you saw it go from like okay these kids in school in London from around the UK, whatever, love this alternative rock and kind of this indie rock shit. And, you know, there's all this like Radiohead and, uh, God, what's his name? Jesus Christ. If I don't remember his name right now, I'll kill myself. Ooh, I did not say that loud. I did say that loud. What? No, it's, it's okay. Um, it's okay. Take it easy on yourself, man. Are you trying to try to remember the name Tom York? Oh my God! No, of course okay. I know that name. Oh yeah, I don't know. Well, this is—I mean, it's even—it's even Radiohead. <laughs> oh yeah, there's another artist I'm thinking of, and you know, there's all these influences, and they come out with a really cool like sound, and then all of a sudden, you can literally see it album to album. The pressure to keep up with the radio. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they're amazing bands that dominated radio, and in order to fund all this shit and keep this life going they've all built, they have to keep dominating radio, and radio's changing so fast, Mm -hmm. and they're not the ones changing it. And it's hard, and I feel like these labels, like, I feel like these labels just make it worse. Mm -hmm. And I hope now, without these 360, and I don't know, like, it's kind of a rabbit hole here. It's interesting on uh, Wheeler Walker Jr.'s podcast. Who did he have? Leanne Womack, I think, was the guest. And, you know, she's she's been in the industry for a little while now. And something she said that I hadn't really thought about or noticed, but I thought was really interesting was when she was young and getting into the industry, she, you know, she said one of the main differences between that time and today is that a lot of the industry people, a lot of the label people um, would be at least like casually interested in music maybe they had a guitar in the office that they actually played or they you know went out and sang karaoke or uh, had like an extensive record collection and really gave a shit about music and Mm -hmm. were involved with music in some way like it was a part of their life whereas now you know all these industry execs they're just like business school kids and they just care about business and dollars and they might not they might say something like oh no I don't play at all I'll leave that to the professionals but it's like like how can you have dickhead joke to just well how can you how can you do well in yeah. a business of music when it's like you only are interested in how much money music can make and not what music can do and yeah, what and art I, can do? I've seen it like firsthand uh, in Nashville because there's a lot of labels that people, you know, they graduate from school here. And I've seen it happen where they love music. They love Dude, a lot of people love music so much more than I do. Like, no, seriously, people... I. There, I have so many friends. I'm like, dude, I just wish I loved music the way you do. I like it a lot. I love mm-hmm. it. Uh, you know, for me, it might be a different beast than for some people. You know, I listen to it to feel things and to set moods, and I, I love it there. But I listen to podcasts, honestly, just as much mm-hmm. as I li- more, actually, nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I've seen people that love music go into the industry, and you pretty much get like run over until you don't like it anymore. Like you start at such a like intern level for mm-hmm. so long that most of them don't make it to the point where they make a decision and it reflects anywhere on the label. You know, mm-hmm. like a lot of them are doing the crap jobs forever, the hard stuff that people don't even know has to be done, you know. And they love music and they're willing to do those terrible jobs for the opportunity. Um, but I think that's what happens is by the time, it's the people, by the time they could have that position, they fall out of love with it because it's a very hard business to associate with something that like literally lifts your heart all the time, hmm. you know, day in and day out. And so I've noticed that. And I, I wonder if that's, you know, I wonder if that's on labels or if that's on capitalism or if that's on marketing or mm-hmm. that's on what. Well, we're making sweeping generalizations here. And I think oh. it's always fair to Big acknowledge time. there are exceptions to those rules. And Big there time. are people out there who are really pushing for great, great music. I just don't think that that's the norm in the uh, in the major industry. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I just, yeah. Because they're scrambling to make dollars. Well, because there's not much to be mm-hmm. made right now. Mm-hmm. On a yeah, on a label level, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. literally five years ago, ten years ago, it was like, here, here's some money, we own you forever. Sure, and it's changed so much that like labels, ba- labels do like distribution. <laughs> sure, now you know yeah. like, which and there's still money to be made. It's just totally. not it's not enough to like, but they just support they, they didn't all have, the people that it used to. Yeah, and they didn't really necessarily have the choice to open up their fists to open hands. It was forced on them because the money's going away. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, before it was like you're locked in and now it just seems like there's so much money flowing out of that type of that part of the industry that they didn't have a, they didn't have a choice to hold on to those things. They have to change or die kind of a Mm -hmm. deal. Um, And so I think that's what's happening with the labels is like, they're becoming a lot less in control of things Mm -hmm. and it's good. It's really good. But also, it's hard to imagine that they're not still scrambling for money and and that now more than ever, mm-hmm. now more than ever, they have to figure out how to play that. I don't know. That's a rabbit hole. This yeah. coffee's getting me going. But I, would, I don't know how much of a scramble there is, but it's certainly like, you know, the, the, the accessibility to funds has been leveled to some degree. You got to have money to make money, which is, you know, a huge reason why labels still have some of the success the success that they have but uh you certainly don't need them and you can certainly find great art out there yeah and i mean just to preface i don't necessarily know what the hell i'm talking about at all cool because you know you gotta make it that's a huge industry thing this is a very like sideline you know thing that Mm -hmm. you know after you've been around it for a while you kind of can make you can kind of assess what you Mm -hmm. think you know but i don't know Mm -hmm. yeah but those are rabbit holes for days. <laughs> days. Ugh. Yeah, man. I mean, I think we did a pretty good job. Seems like a natural, a natural stopping point. Yeah, or a starting point. Yeah. Do you have something you want to add? I, w- I want you to say the last word. Oh, I didn't even know we were like starting. What are you talking about? Oh, have we been on this whole time? Of course we have. You I know, know this. I told you. I told you we were live. No, you totally told me. <laughs> you heard. Do you have it. any questions for me? Nobody's me. Yeah. No. All right. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> 
What do you think? I'm like some kind of professional podcast host with prepared questions for my guests. Yeah, I mean, like my mm. favorite kind of chips. Yeah, salt and vinegar. Mm-hmm. I think there's some over there. There are. There's a, a huge unopened bag. Yeah. As a matter of fact, man, it must have been torture for you just staring at those this whole. No, time. I just that was just the first thing I thought of was <laughs> chips. I like chips a lot. But yeah, what do you have? What do you have to say to the people? Um, stay classy. Uh, always make your bed in the morning, and that's it. Okay, that's pretty Great. much that's that's what I would put on my tombstone. Mike Van Sos, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, thanks again for listening to The Slow Drag Has a Podcast, too. If you enjoyed it, you can head on over to theslowdrag.com where you can become a patron of this podcast, the music, all the art that The Slow Drag puts out into the world. It's a really great thing, and I think you should check it out. If you're not ready to make the Patreon commitment, that's okay. You can leave us a five-star rating on iTunes and make sure to subscribe over there, too. Follow the podcast on Spotify or SoundCloud or from wherever you're listening. A little bit goes a long way, guys. Thanks a lot, and I'll talk to you all next time.